Welcome to this week's episode of Gym Owners Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we're going to talk about drop-ins. What does it mean when someone comes in and wants to use your facility just for a day, a weekend, a week? How should you structure those arrangements? How can you make it so that it's the best for them and the best for you and your business without causing you a bunch of headaches? What should it cost? How do you fulfill it? What opportunities are in those relationships for you as a business owner? And how do you make sure that it doesn't take away from the product that you're actually putting out on the floor for the people that are paying you to actually deliver long-term results? So... Before we get started, make sure you guys go to join the Facebook group. Links in the description. That is the Gym Owners Revolution. Go to gymownersrevolution.com if you want to get into uh, all the other shit we got going on. We got the Gear Academy there, our coaching program for business owners, gym owners, MMA gyms, martial arts studios, group fitness stuff, personal trainers. We have all sorts of people from 24-hour facilities to CrossFit gyms to private boutique studios. So your your business will fit that model. If you're interested in working with us directly, that's the way to go. We do have some, uh, what's the word, some more intensive products if your pockets are deeper. But if you want to get started, that's the place where we recommend you get started. So go to gymownersrevolution.com for that. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And John, how do they find you? You can find me at jbanksfl on Instagram. Guys, drop-ins. I had the a, a very what's the word cynical and frustrated take on drop-ins when I when I had my first gym group fitness CrossFit affiliate. Um, drop-ins were a big pain in my ass, <laughs> to be honest, uh, because you get someone who comes in and especially in a CrossFit gym, somebody you get the type of guys that will come in and the first thing they're going to do is go up and while everybody else is warming up, they're going to jump up on your rings and start ripping ring muscle ups just so they've asserted their dominance so that they know that, Hey, I'm above 95% of your (laughs) members here as far as skill level goes. And that way they got to respect it. Just drop-ins are a pain in the ass. Um, I don't think that's the case as a whole. We've assessed this and we work with tons of gyms right now on how we build all the systems for all the products and drop-in fees and all this stuff is, it's a factor that you have to measure into your business or else it convol or you have to, what's the word, blend into your business or else it convolutes everything else that you do. So one thing to really focus when we're talking drop-ins, if you have a drop-in rate of, of per class rate, um, you need to make sure that that is made, sh- that is there to serve people who are coming from out of town, someone who's a, a friend of a member, a family or a member, someone's come from out of town and there's no potential for them to become a long time, mem- a long time member or, or become joining a membership. Uh, that is something you need to address right away. You need to know that, that that's what this product is for. Mm-hmm. What you will get, if you're in business long enough, is you will get very non-committal people who should just be members, who have no reason to be to not be a member other than that they're trying to save money or stay on the periphery and not quite jump into your process, your system with both feet. Um, and those people are a huge pain in your ass. So My- their pricing is a thing with this where I've seen so many gyms and we work with some directly where it's like you want your drop-ins, your drop-in rate to just be a reasonable, like you'd love to have your drop-in rate be like 10 bucks for people coming from out of town that are just sure. nice and whatever. Cause you're not trying to make money on it. I've seen models that have, tons of tourists and that's a different story we'll get into that later but like that becomes a thing where you'll get people that are going to come in who go oh i don't maybe want to start let me just pay for one class and they'll pay for a class and then they'll start doing this math and they'll go well wait a minute i'm only able to really come once or twice a week mm-hmm. and if i'm only able to come once or twice a week why don't i just spend 
10 or $20 per week. And then it saves me the thing. And that is the biggest trap you can fall. We'll get into why these out of town people are pain in your ass for lots of other reasons and the opportunities and pitfalls that their situation presents to your business. But these motherfuckers who want to come in and pay a drop-in fee to just kind of come and go as they please, that is a sign that your pricing is broken because your pricing should make that never be an option for them, for the drop-in. Right? It should it just should never be a thing where someone goes in and, and thinks that that's better, a better option for them. Yeah, my, my brother works for a um, for hotels. So he does and works for a large enough company where they have – you know, conglomerate, right? They have high-end hotels and they have cheap-end hotels. And it just depends on where you're at, what you fall into. And one thing that was interesting you talked to me about was pricing for how they price their cheaper hotels. Because the one spot was like, there's a hotel that's in town. And it's not like, it's not a dive. It's nice, but it's one of those holiday in level type of spots. Yeah. And if you are from out of town, it's unreasonably affordable. It's like $89 a night or something. Like it was like for, for a place that's not fucking motel six, right? It's not a motel like it is and super hip and it's whatever, all the things. And he goes, but don't ever stay. Like if you and your wife want to stay in town and maybe go to a nice spot or whatever and stay, whatever staycation type thing. He's like, don't go. He goes, because once they realize that you're local, it's like 200 plus dollars a night. Yeah. And it's just because they don't want local riffraff fucking live in there and party in there causing trouble anytime especially and let's assume this isn't all just like a married couple going to have a nice quiet evening correct an evening might get a little uh frisky and might get a little rambunctious anyways that's probably problem number one they're trying to avoid in the hotel mm-hmm. business problem number two is younger folks coming in and just partying and yes. just like shit throwing the place even worse is you go there's some places that i've that we've gone to john where we've looked Depending on the level of place you're trying to live in, uh, you can live in a goddamn Holiday Inn for a month, a hell of a lot cheaper than you can rent. Oh. Than you oh, can yeah. rent a decent apartment. So, so you got to so, keep in mind that to maintain the actual, the overall product, yeah, you can't be having that. And that's where. So again, just mentality wise, is if hotels are playing this game and are being very methodical and thoughtful about what they're pricing for people that are out of town versus people that are in town. There's a lot of, there's a lesson to be learned there where it's this idea where do you want, you know, again, it's, you are cutting the throat of the business and we'll go into this, but it's this idea of like what you're offering, what's available to your local people is just not the same. It's not the same product that you're going to offer to somebody that you're never going to see again. And I think it's also gets dangerous if you have someone that's a fucking stranger is now going to come into your world, interact with your people who you don't know. You don't know what they're all about and what you're going to expose them to this individual. Someone who has not made a commitment to your gym, to your culture, fully accepted your rules, is understanding that they need to assimilate here. They don't get to just bounce in and out. Um, We've got, I mean, I, I have a lot of examples of this type of stuff, but one of the things that we run into a lot with the MMA gym is, you know, fighting and training to fight is not necessarily for everyone, Right. So I understand people coming in apprehensively, right? I don't know, maybe, but you know, you get to do a trial class already. And from that on, if you want to attend, you can pay for a month and fucking cancel after a month. Mm-hmm. But we had initially the prices was set so low for drop-ins. It was like 10 bucks. 
And it's like, well, do the math. Like, unless you're attending every class that you can at say jujitsu, like it's like, well, unless you're attending every class, that's, it's in your best interest to just go drop in, right? Right. And just pay drop-ins. And we kind of would allow that for people around here that have like a 20 minute commute, 30 minutes out of town where it's like, it's a bit of a task, but every single one of those people would be better served if they had to spend a hundred bucks for the month. They would, because they would actually come. If they're going to pay 10 once, they're very likely not to, not to come the second time. If they pay a hundred bucks, they're very likely to attend five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 classes in a month. Right. Yeah. And that gives them, you got to understand the purpose of your business. You want people to attend so that they can get results. Yep. You want them to be incentivized to attend. You want them to be incentivized to invest. And very often people miss that by going, Oh, let's just, I'll just come in. And yeah, I'm only, we've, I've had this question and concern with the MMA, with MMA potential clients. It's something we get almost every week until we corrected the pricing. Yeah. And we bumped it up to 15 bucks. And then at 15 bucks, it still is like, we still would get some of those people. It would just come in. Okay, well, let me just try one. Oh, I'll come in. And it's like, you've already done your free trial. If you want to do more, join, commit to the crowd, to the people, to the, the times that we're having class, commit to the process, commit to whatever it is. Because otherwise, these people will not get the results. If it's fitness, they will not get it if that's their level of commitment is nickel and dime in their way through when it's easy for them. They have to shit or get off the pot. And you need to put that fucking choice, that fork in the road right in front of them as quickly as possible. Because we've, I've seen, we have, we have a situation too that comes and goes. Sometimes you'll get somebody that'll come in and they'll, Oh, I'll do a free trial class. Then they'll maybe just pop up to like open mat time as though like open gym time is free to the public. Mm -hmm. And then they'll want to do from an MMA standpoint, they'll want to do like live sparring rounds in jujitsu or striking with people. And you have to understand that your gym, and this is what we talked about with this gym owner, your, the services that you offer is not just your classes. The services that you offer is use of your facility, use of your mats, of your training tools. And the big one here is anyone who's ever trained martial arts or even done the things like powerlifting, weightlifting, is, is having people to train with, having training partners. That you can trust. Super valuable. And then you get into the point where there's, you know, Potential for violence in this. The last thing you can have is some motherfucker who has made zero commitment to your business, to your people, to your culture, coming in and just play and play violence with your people who's not committed to coming into class. They're not committed to learning and they're not committed to the long haul. That person now is a constant fucking liability. And even if they're coming into these things for a $15, a $50 drop in fee, my thing with some of these people we get to come in is unless you're paying and attending classes, you don't touch me. Well, that's, and that, and that's what I do in our, in, in our kind of open round when we're going through stuff and bouncing from partner to partner and training, training is, is I I've had, had a pretty serious injury a couple of months ago and I'm back training pretty much full speed. Some of these non-committal bros that are just coming in, hanging out, doing some looky loose shit and maybe hoping they can get some rounds to prove whatever they are. Like I, I flat out tell them, yeah, you ain't touching me until you're paying. Yeah. And usually they're pretty happy for me not to touch that. Yeah. But it was the same way when I, when I rolled, it was when a new guy walked in, it was the most dangerous individual in the room. Yeah. Cause everybody that's there where you're all sweating on top of each fucking each other, like every four days out of the week and you're all, everybody can trust that you're not going to just tear apart your shoulder. Yeah. So it was always like, cause it was like the professor and then anybody that was ready to get their black belt. Like they were the only people that rolled with those folks yeah. no matter what level they were because they're, they're not 
they don't understand what's going on first yeah. off and they don't they're not committed to any and you don't know and they're not committed to anything other than maybe just literally winning a fucking silly sparring supposed to be an educational situation and, and those people are a big fucking problem for your gym so the the risky right the, the they are they themselves are prone to injury they're prone to fuck up your people like i can't tell you it's less so transitioning from mma like whenever you had some new motherfucker that came into your gym like where you lift weights and shit was like i don't want to be spotting you and i don't want you spotting me I don't no. want you anywhere near me. <laughs> I don't want you anywhere near me. Like there's a lot of trust that has to be built for like general safety. And then there's also, oh, what, the do other- they know? Exactly. what do they know? Exactly. I had a kid the other day. It was a while back now, but asked me to spot him, you know, high school age kid, strong kid. And I was like, well, how many reps you go, you're going here. It's on the bench. And he goes, I'm going for three. Okay. First one gets to his chest, raises an inch, then drops it right back down to his chest. I grab it and pull it up and he's still like crying. He's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And I'm like, bro, you wanted three, you got fucking zero. And now you want to sass me because your ego hurts. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And if that was in a gym that I own, this is like, it's like, yeah, buddy, next time you want to ask, get the fuck out of here. At least I was a paying member. So that right. person has to look me in the eye and shame <laughs> every time. And so you have the injury piece and the safety piece, but they also just genuinely, they're, you're slowing your shit down. Yeah. When it comes to your classes, it's now all of a sudden the dude that is paid sometimes a tenth of what you're paying members are paying, if not less, gets all of your undivided attention. And if it really is somebody from out of town, they're not going to be a fucking member. So it just needs to be that it is so – and this is where, again, as we start to get towards like what your rate should be it should really start to inch towards it is cost prohibitive enough to where if i'm going to go to a gym and pay a premium price for a drop-in because i am determined not to use the hotel weight room and i want to go somewhere else i know what the fuck i'm doing and i'm willing to pay the money to go to a place that has the things i want and i know what i want and i know how to use it because if they're not committed, the other thing, so you, you mentioned it slows down your classes completely if you're talking group classes. Right. Um, they're not safe. They need, they, I would get drop-ins that would come in and we do things differently, right? Do you know how hard it is to be teaching, like, say, deadlift in a group setting? And then you have some new guy in who just wants to prove how much he can deadlift to a bunch of new chicks that are in your gym. Yeah. That's a huge fucking problem. And so, like, then what? I got to teach him how I... I mean, you've seen what we do when we code. Like, it's a lot. And, and, and to try and do that from the ground up, it's like, well, I'm, I got eight people here that are working on this exercise, have been working on it from week to week. We've been going through this. And now I got some schmuck in here who is, as so far as I can see, I would vote most likely to get his back exploded today. <laughs> What's yeah. my job? You know what I mean? The main thing is I don't want people getting hurt in my facility. <laughs> like, that, that does matter to me especially if you're tracking injury data, which you should, you know, but fucking, by the way, if you disregard drop-in injury data, I'm with you. Fuck (laughs) them. Because fuck them. That's how I really felt about the whole thing. I didn't want drop-ins of almost any capacity to the point where I would let people bring in, I would let our members bring in like family and friends and stuff on a Saturday. But even then it starts to get out of hand because you would have all these people who train at another gym and then they come into your spot just every single Saturday and get to love your vibe in like one of your best big group classes and they've paid nothing. And then they just go back to, it like starts to fill in that space. In hindsight, yeah, if you're from out of town, come on in. 
if you live here, like you get one of those and then you're going to start paying because it just is. And I don't, I, and I'm not telling you what to do as a gym. Maybe I, and I'm, we're really open to this because our thing that what we do here is we want to come up with best practices and, mm -hmm. and there isn't going to be a one size fits all thing, but these are the risks that you need to be uh, like assessing pretty consistently is like, what can they do for your business? Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that in the future because there is benefits there, but what can they do to your business rough if you have three drop-ins come in if you have a, let's just pretend you had a drop-in in each each of your classes for yeah. that was like your average right man you're either not coaching those people or you're dumbing down your programming completely to accommodate essentially uncoached on un, unonboarded completely uninitiated um that's rough that you know and, and and all of that does is takes away from your paying members from the people who are really here and who really respect your coaching enough to be invested. And I'm not saying this is like a, an easy situation, but you, you, you've got to address it in its entirety. There's risks, there's benefits. The benefits are low. These people, I would describe their experience with you as generally low value at best, <laughs> you know, and that's it. So let's jump in, John. What is, what should the rate be? Well, this, the strategy behind this, in my opinion, really comes down to one particular thing that we haven't called out right yet. And this is where, in my opinion, drop-in conversations start to um, drift into a danger zone. And it's what I call are going to be those things that are going to be, whether they are your punch passes, people can buy a bucket of sessions, they can buy kind of this weird, nebulous, discounted come whenever the fuck you feel like it kind of thing that's yeah. so non-committal that you're now melding these two concepts that I just, I'm not, I, I have a hard time at this point being totally behind unless you have a very unique model or your model is that larger 24 hour access type model where it's not dependent upon people being coached yeah. by a premium coach. I also think it's important to note, do you know how many truly unique models I've seen? <laughs> Zero. So yeah. if you think your model's unique, your market's unique, just remember, get your head out of your fucking ass. It's not, you're not. Just remember. So just, but there are comparables. And so you need to know what game you're playing amongst others. But nobody's, no, nothing is inherently unique in this business. There's like eight. Yeah. <laughs> There's like eight. And so this is where then, so this is where we're trying to walk back from this concept or this idea to where you're dropping, what should your rate be? And it really starts where the first thing to do, and this is, this is just so you start to get a feel for the landscape in your areas. If you are um, a functional fitness gym and you have competitors that are in your area that do the same thing as you do, whether they're CrossFit boxes or whether they are, I don't even know, is F45? Like there's going to be, there's going to be all sorts of examples, franchises that do something similar to you. And don't be lame of being like, no, we're really unique. It's like, no, you're really not. So it's just like, it's, if you're functional fitness style, do they, what do they offer? What are the rates that they're charging in that area? Um, and for that particular service, that's step one. If you can establish that, now you have kind of a baseline to go off of, but it really needs to come down to what are you charging? So what are you charging if you start to break down your existing offers and sessions? Your membership options. Your memberships. Yep. 
what is that? If you start to break that down into like a per session basis, this really needs to be what your, now, your North star is. And I think because like you had mentioned, like what are other people charging in our market for drop-ins for one-off drop-ins? It's important to note that if trying to be market competitive only matters in a service in which you're trying to compete. Correct. Are you trying to get the most drop-ins? Pay attention to your market. It does matter. There's a gym I was at. I won't give away the name because I don't work with them directly, but at a very, very, a, what's the word? Like one of the most tourist cities in the world. Um, families, theme parks, all this stuff, right? And they're right near on site to some, some of the bigger places. Like it's a big hub in there. And I think they probably average eight to 10 drop-ins per weekend class. Hmm. And they're running, you know, shit pots of classes a day, like eight, 10 classes a day. Um, that is their bread and butter, frankly, is, is you'll have your base of people that live there, that work in the area. And I would not be surprised if more than half of their yearly revenue is drop-ins. Now, if that's the business you want to have, great. And if that's your opportunity, seize it. I'm with it. That is the last thing that I would want to do as a coach or as a business owner, because I'm just, I don't. I don't want that. I, I want to actually deliver. Res- There's no way to deliver results to drop-ins. No. That's that's just keep that very fucking clear that in the world of fitness, strength, training, nutrition, diet, all this stuff, you can deliver a great experience. You cannot deliver actual life impacting results in the grand scheme of things because it takes consistency wherever they're training back home is going to get credit for all the progress they make. Right? Right. And that's okay. You're going to give them a good time. It's wonderful, but you got to understand that you cannot, if these people are your members, what are you going to, what are you going to, how are you going to leverage that to attract long-term actual business? If, if, if I'm sorry, if, if drop-ins are your primary clients, it's tough. And, and there's money to be made if you're in a tourist area and you get a lot of travelers through and you get, and you have a spot that people want. I am totally with it. Capitalize on it, which also means do not make it cheap. Make it expensive. Like John mentioned earlier, so that it is enough in my opinion, when it comes to drop-ins, because mm-hmm. they're a drop in the bucket for for what we want your business to be, that should I would want to be the most expensive drop-in rate in my town in my market. That's what that's what I would look at when I look at what other people charge in our market. I want to be more than them, so the people that want to commit less or just want the cheapest spot to go work out, they're not ending up in my spot, jamming up my place with my high-value clients. Because you are in there, then I'm making a bunch of money on, or I'm making the most that I potentially can. And it needs to be, it needs to be the absolutely the most expensive premium priced per session item, in my opinion, within reason of like, you're not going to charge them a hundred dollars because like personal training. Right. So like, and this is very specific to the group fitness model, to the group concept. Exactly. Because if you're running a 24 hour model, Right. If you're running a model where people can just drop in and you really because this is the challenge, right? This is something that as you start to look at different types of gyms and different models of gyms, and then also the mentality of the gym owner is if you're somebody that's like CrossFit, premium coach, semi-private, personal training, like studio type spot where you really pride yourself at like a craft and you are coaching and this is your livelihood in those pieces, you can really go hard at any, any type of inkling or idea that all of a sudden you're just another spot to work out. It's like, no, we are more than this. We are not that. So you, 
really push back against just being a place that someone can come in and work out, but you're not pricing your drop-ins accordingly, or you're allowing offers or memberships that are treating you like you're trying to still participate in like what we call is, and everybody else, a race to the bottom, competing with those 24-hour spots. They're not playing your game. The 24-hour spot, and we have a lot of folks that are in, are in our network and in our world that run 24-hour spots that also have right additional services. But the 24-hour model is literally, we have a place to work out. You're going to choose somewhere to go work out. We have that spot. So it ends up being a totally different conversation for those people. Yeah. And in regards to the 24-hour fitness model as well, you need to know still drop-ins from out of town. In my opinion, probably better than drop-ins from in town still, right? Mm -hmm. As far as from a respecting your place because they could just not work out, you know. Um, but again, they may fuck up your stuff. They may trash your bathrooms. They may, mm -hmm. you know, wear shoes into your sauna or whatever kind of nonsense stuff you guys, we wouldn't believe the things that you see in 24 hour places. And those are the people most likely to be doing such things. And there's just, there's no recourse and you just get so little out of them for the risk. And again, you're exposing all of your paying members to some unvetted weirdo who probably never even had to have a conversation with you. And then what are we looking into? Like that, that starts to become a safety issue. It starts to become the reason people go to a place that has memberships. And especially if, you're, if your memberships are expensive, they're doing it to be exclusive. So why are you cutting that out completely? You're cutting the exclusivity out and just letting any schmuck who's willing to throw a fucking dime piece your way, throw a dime your way, get into your, it's, it's that, that's the last thing in the world you want to have as your gym, as a gym owner is let your product be devalued. And some people, the way they price it, yeah, punch cards is another thing. Punch cards is a way we talk about how bad it is to be letting people do like a case by case, class by class. Like, I'm oh, just going to come eight times total and letting them just prepay for eight times and have it not be recurring and have it not be. It's it's broken. It's bad business. It sucks for you. It sucks for them. It's hard for them to renew. Does Do they auto renew as soon as the last session is up? I might even consider going punch cards. If the moment you get to punch card 10 to punch 10 on that thing, you get billed for your next 10, maybe. Sure. But I would rather have you do, you know, a 10 class per, a two class per week membership. You know what I mean? That you just do that automatically renews that works. But that, that, that concept, you you have to stay tuned into this because in the grand scheme of things, if somebody, when we have gyms that open up and you guys, if you guys have ever started your gym from scratch and didn't have like account management and like automatically renewing payments and shit like this, we're like, if you're still, we have, we've had some gym owners that it's, it came to us when they started and they were just taking cash and Venmo and whatever, like what happens is those don't happen automatically. And we observe this very much so in the MMA gym that we work with is that before we got everything transitioned over to automatically renewing memberships, what happened was people that are, by the way, still going to this gym to this day mm -hmm. would go and they would pay for a membership. They would pay for this month's dues and they would train like two or three times in the next two weeks. And then they would not come. Well, guess what? Those month's dues are done, you know, after 30 days. And then they don't come because they're like, well, I don't want to have to pay to go again. And I haven't paid the guy. So two weeks, three weeks, five weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks pass. And they've got no training in. 
they've kind of it's kind of drifted from and then they don't know do i gotta go if i go back in now do i got i mean do i gotta pay for these back dues or do i just start i gotta have this conversation money's got to change hands right now and what it does is it stops them from going back in it stops them from actually reaping the benefits from your services which is if they commit the commitment is there they're committed every four weeks to make this payment and we've seen since we rolled over to the system those people who you would get money from every other month and they wouldn't train that much and they wouldn't get much better. Those people, even though maybe out of a year, there would be one or two of those times where they drift away because the payment comes out automatically and they got to tell someone they got to, they're going to cancel versus telling someone they're coming back. Guess what? They just show back up usually a day or two after that payment runs. They go, All right. It reminds them to get back in the gym. It keeps money in your pocket. It keeps their commitment fresh. And you yeah. are fucking that up completely by commoditizing your services to a class by class punch card system. It's stupid. Allowing your locals. There's, by the way, allow a punch card system is just what? Drop ins bought in bulk. Correct. It's dog shit. I hate it. I hate it so much. And so it's, it's, it, there's no potential for upsell. There's no potential for a long-term commitment. There's zero potential to make any real progress in re for that client because, you know, it's going to take a few months for you to lose all the weight you or the weight you want to be losing to get in good shape. But it, you're going to absolutely miss out on their best chance for success and your chances of actually keeping this client for the long term. So what you have to decide is that it's, is this something that for you, depending on your model and depending on what you are doing and how you're wanting to portray, protect your members, how all the things that we've talked about is then what do you do next? How do we, how do you move from, okay, great. I hear you all. I want to do something about this. So now what do I do? And this is where now you just decide what direction are you going to go? is if you have punch passes or essentially do you have drop-ins in bulk that people are buying that ultimately if you step back and look at your revenue, because this is where what we have found a hundred percent of the time is that gym owners have been doing things for years, but you have not been assessing or reviewing what this thing has meant to your business. Now, if you're the folks that are the most on the ball can tell me, how many people are on different types of memberships in their gym that just know that number. But when you really step back and look at it is if you have people that are either habitual drop-ins, local drop-ins, or people that are buying these single session one-offs in bulk and non-committal from a membership standpoint, what does that look like when it comes to revenue? How long does it take for those people to fulfill those things? How often do they do they upgrade into higher level services it's, compared to people who are on monthly or on recurring memberships? And what would it look like if you got rid of it? Are they buying this shit in bulk because they really can only come once every three weeks? Or is it because you made it so accessible to them? Are you making it easy for them to come once every three weeks when they should be coming two, three times a week? And so these are those questions that you want to start to grapple with and then make a decision on. And if it's, I need to be better, you've, I, I'm on notice, you've put me on notice, I feel like I need to take action, is then, then the process is now just a, a basic communication plan of saying, we are raising our prices, we are moving this at the next renewal. It's a, we are moving this and now we build 
offer. So we go right into now what the literal doing, which is have something that is comparable to whatever this style is or the people that you want to hang on to that maybe they can only come once a week. Maybe they can only come four times a month, whatever it is, you can then create those memberships to be able to be something that exists. And the way we do it is having it be properly stacked that allows people to ascend and further invest in themselves that goes beyond just making you a place to work out. Because that doesn't matter whether even if you are just a 24 hour facility is that you're allowing yourself to be just totally two dimensional where you don't, it is a, it is criminal if you have a 24-hour facility to only allow your place to be a place to work out. Yeah. You well, you're up, you're upside to be able to sell into some real big tickets. People want more. Exactly. Not everybody. Plenty of people want just the base. They just want a place to work, and that's great. But not everybody. And that 20% of your people that want a higher level of service will pay 10x what these other people are paying on a monthly basis for sure. Just look at the 24-hour gym that, that I work with directly here. That like It's like I've got – Megan and I both, we have clients there that pay, Jesus, 20, 25 times what the base membership would be there in additional services and personal training. Literally 25x. You know why? Because they're getting offered new services. And if those people were just coming into this gym like – I'll just pay 10 bucks and go in and then I'm going to fucking leave. And that like, if that was allowed to be the way they would never ever have got the opportunity to have one, have us have this much of an impact on them and have their fucking pocketbook have that big of an impact on the gym. And it's, that's, it's cannot, you can't sleep on that for sure. Now go ahead, John. Well, the, the other pieces it's, it is, it's ignorant to think that a $10 a month person stays a $10 a month person forever. Yeah. The fact is, is that I don't want to be bothered when I go, when I was at a 20, a, a 24 hour facility, that was just a place to be able to work out. I didn't want to be bothered about that. They had personal training available. Yeah. But they never even offered it. Like it's, I wasn't wanting to buy supplements from them, but it wasn't even an option. Like there was nothing presented. It just was making sure I was locked in for an eternal contract forever for the next year to two years and that it would be auto debited on the first of every month. And yeah. that was it. <clears throat> and as long as I had my key card, I could scan in and I could go do my thing. But it is a missed opportunity because you don't know. And I would really like to work on my deadlift. Yeah. I didn't want to work out when I first joined, but man, I've gotten a little bit further and maybe I feel like I'm hitting a plateau and I want to do something or I have a goal or there is a wedding or there or is you, something. Or if you have coaches there, what you're getting is exposed to these coaches and you may go, you know, that guy is a schmuck. That lady doesn't seem like my type of coach, but that guy I kind of think would be interesting to work with. Correct. Like that, it, it starts to become when, when those things are actually presented to you as options um, you're not just boxing people into a place that has very low likelihood of success. Right. And, and so what you've done is you just said, Oh, well, this is what Shucks. we are. Yeah. And then that you just leave it. And then it's dead in the water forever. So one of the things now let's talk about the out of towners first off, right now, there's two ways to approach this. I still think depending on your facility, depending on, Maybe the place these other people, these people train at, I am totally okay with waiving your drop-in fee 
for out of town people. If you guys, you know, you have like networks of gym owners and coaches that you follow mm-hmm. on Instagram, Facebook. If I had anyone who came up from you know, my friend Matt's place in Sioux Falls, they're not paying to train at my gym to join a class. Not paying at all. I don't mind at all. Um, because then when I go to his place, I'm not, I don't want to pay to train either. If I have people that frankly, if I follow a gym on Instagram, my business follows and there's some back and forth and I've had any professional courtesy go back and forth. And I have no problem if someone messaged me as a drop in, I want to know where they train. That's important. I guess first off in acquire in getting information from drop-ins from out, you need to know where they train. If they don't train anywhere, it's a red flag. If they train at home, then why do they want your group classes? Now, if you're a 24 hour facility, that's a little bit different, but you want to know fucking something about this person. Right. And if it's somewhere I know that I'm, I'm maybe, maybe I'm willing to wave it. Maybe I'm not, maybe I got a bad feeling. It's whatever, but, but that is the main thing. So for us in the MMA gym, there's gyms that we do a lot of cross training at. We do competitions sometimes with or for or whatever. And, and so we'll drive two and a half hours to train at a gym and they won't charge us anything. But if anyone from that gym comes up, we're not charging them anything either. It just is what it is. And, and, but if there's people we don't really know very often, they're just willing to pay either way. They're like, no, no, let me give you something. Right. right. And that's great too. Um, people you don't know, people from places you don't have a personal relationship with charge them, charge them, charge them, charge them. Cause it's a filter price. It's a filter and it's very important. Filters out bullshit, filters out people that are just going to come in and mess up your stuff. So um, for drop-ins, that's that's how I handle that. You don't always have to militantly charge everybody because you know how it is. There are relationships between gyms. But on the flip side, you need to get something out of this, not whether it's money or, or otherwise, whether they paid or whether they did not pay. One, waivers, sign them. They got to sign them. Look, they got to sign the fucking waivers. I hate being the stickler for that stuff, but they just got it. I promise you're one of those fucking mistakes and lawyers getting a whiff of it away from having your shit just fucking fucked. Okay. So someone's coming in, training your facility. I mean, especially in the martial arts, but they better be signing waivers because, you know, somebody puts a, puts their nose into it, you know, gets their nose stuffed into their cheek. And all of a sudden now, like, and they didn't sign a waiver, you got a big problem. And that's beyond like, life impacting breaking a neck type shit you know but value for your gym that you need to get out of this the money is thing one all right in the grand scheme of things that money might not be that impactful if you don't have a ton of drop in traffic thing two testimonials okay there is big value in having google reviews there's a big value in being able to leverage those reviews for your social media content People want testimonials. They want to know what the vibe is like, and they want to hear it in other people's words. John, we talk about testimonials in the Gear Academy. One of the first things we do with gyms, we try to get their Google review numbers up so their business profile pops. Yep. I talked about this for 100 hours. Okay. But if there's five gyms in the area, the one that has 100 five-star Google reviews is going to crush the first impressions game when all the other ones have 5, 10, 15, 20, or even 50. One that's 100 is perceived to be the real deal, big boy in the business. Okay. That's the one who's in charge of the market. That's the one who's running shit. And so if you're, you are getting good drop in traffic, maybe your memberships numbers are low, you're new, it's whatever. Always be hustling your members for Google reviews. Always. That should be a part of your system. We, we sell those, we have those systems. We don't sell them. I guess we have those systems that we help gym owners implement with uh, when they get in the gear Academy. But you need to then, when you have drop-ins, if you got 25 drop-ins over the course of a year, that's not that many. What is that? One every other week? That's a low number. If you got Google reviews from 100% of them, nobody has a really terrible experience after drop-in. 
Like nobody, especially if you do this one thing here that will help. Okay. If someone's new and it's a group class, right? You need to go in and when you, you need, you need to introduce them to the group. Hey, we have so-and-so it's a drop in from Timbuktu. I hope, you know, if, if your gym's culture is welcoming then and inviting, but introduce him, introduce the person by name to your people. So they feel heard. They feel welcome. They feel like they've been accepted. They're going to have a great time. That's all they need to do is feel welcome. If someone comes in and doesn't feel welcome and it feels, eh, you're not going to get a, probably a great review out of them. But if they feel welcomed into your community and you hit them up after a great workout, they're going to be, oh, yes, I'd love to. I would love to. And if you want to make this even more successful, you can tell them, hey, I'll even waive that drop-in fee if you just leave us a five-star Google review. <laughs> That's way more money than your drop-in fee. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, let's just say you get 20 of those a year. That's plus 20 a year that have nothing to do with your members, nothing to do with long-term results, but it's, I came to the place. It was welcoming. It was fun. The people were, that's the first impression that your new people who want to be long-term people are concerned about. Totally. Are, people dicks? are they nice? So it's, Hey, I came in to drop in and the people were nice. It was so fun. We had a great workout. I can't wait to come back. No, that doesn't say I lost 25 pounds and it changed my life. But that is still a very impactful testimonial. Okay. That's the most valuable thing I think that you can get from these drop-ins, hands down. And it's in, in the way we you have framed this is perfect. The idea that the price is premium and potentially prohibitively um restrictive exclusive yeah yeah right. like like it, it definitely right it pushes that exclusivity it's like look if i gotta go work out this place i guess about 25 bucks like oh my god but i'm there the odds of me having a great time are now very high it's much yeah. higher than it was about to be because you and could have chose to do the five dollar spot totally i could have chose to fucking stay at the hotel i could yep. stay at the hotel and work there and then that this move of then i am really feel welcome and if i'm if if as a gym they're they're willing to charge me this much to come once they obviously you have your shit together mm -hmm. and then at the end the owner says you know what actually let's if you had a great time give us a five-star review and we'll say some we'll kind words completely yeah. wave you know well we'll wave that the drop-in fee you'd be like dude these are the best fucking people on the planet like the what you have yeah. just primed the pump of like a home run kick-ass testimonial. Like talk about where somebody wouldn't have probably have left a review at all. Correct. They probably would have just went on their way and been like, hey, that was, that was really nice. Where now they're going to fucking ooze about yeah. you, your spot, you know, all the things. And you can't just let that be a concept that you think of as a gym owner because you're not always coaching. Your coaches aren't always equipped. There's classes sometimes back to back. So no, this is the thing. It's an opportunity we miss quite a bit in the MMA gym where we are now having to go back through and do follow-up via our back-end system. Anyone who has signed up and attended a drop-in, we shoot them a message and ask them for a testimonial. So no, what you should get is when someone registers as a guest, hopefully using your system, leaves an email address, uh, signs your waivers. They signed your waivers. So send them the follow-up. Say, hey, thanks a bunch. If, again, we should be talking to them in class, absolutely. But you're juggling a lot of things. To make sure this does not fall through the cracks, you need to systemize this. You need to make sure that if, they have, if they've been asked to leave a five-star review and they did, they're not going to be mad that they get an automated email later on that night asking them to leave a five-star review. They're not going to give a shit. They're like, oh, I did that. No problem. It's not pushy. It's not invasive. 
Um, it's kind of the least they can do. I mean, I buy I buy a shirt at every gym I've ever been to. And I was I was gonna say the exact same thing, where it's like even when you good guy it, right? You good guy, you get to go work out a spot, have stuff for people to buy because yeah. it is. Whenever I get a good guy discount on anything, yeah. I'm gonna go buy double, or I'm gonna buy the thing, or yeah, I want. Hey, let me get one of those hats. Let me get one of those shirts. Let me get one of those things because I'm gonna make sure you get the money. Yeah. Unless I go to like CrossFit, do the amount of traveling we've done for like CrossFit gyms is like, I mean, a lot of this Hobbit stuff. There's a lot of men, men wearing medium shirts. So yeah. <laughs> I go to your gym and you don't got a two XL. I just assume this is a, some sort of child or women's facility. <laughs> so, so if you don't invite me to your spot, you better have some two XL shit for sure. Two X, no less science is exactly <laughs> what it is so th that is those are some really solid strategies and tactics that you can take and now if you feel like when we're talking about reviews we're talking about testimonials and we're talking about how you can generate those we, we have framed this very specifically from the drop-in perspective and how to be able to really capitalize upon new people that are coming into your spot but from here it's if you need help, this is something that you know that strategy-wise, tactic-wise, you just you're you are adrift. You're not sure exactly what to do or how to be able to start to execute this. This is another thing that we've opened up that we are doing a weekly workshop, kind of one-on-one -on -one with you as the gym owner, your spot, your Google My Business profile, your Google My Business account, the profile manager. It's we will work with you, say, hey, this is we'll audit what what we see and give you some really solid tactics and strategies to start to really weaponize and utilize that it's, it's such a crucial piece that right now everybody wants to talk about ads, but you forget about the power that everyone Googles fucking everything. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to pop higher on Google maps, to be able to hit higher when it comes to SEO, when someone searches for a gym near me, all these things that you can do to be able to optimize and streamline your Google accounts for your business will push you higher and higher. And we've talked about this so much before, but it's where you're located is yeah. so fucking important that if I search for gym, gym near me, do this right now, pause the episode, go on your phone and fucking Google gym or gym near me. Where does your spot pop up? What list is it? Where's your Google reviews in comparison to other competitors in this area? If there's somebody that is got their spot 20 minutes or more away and they're fucking higher than you, you, you need, you need to get come yeah. to us and let's work with you because we will not work with you. You will, you cannot get access to our higher program for the gear Academy. You can't get access to that until we can help you do something for free. Yeah, for sure. Not, and it's not just so that we can help you. It's so that you can be helped. Because <laughs> if you ain't, I don't give a shit to work with you. So you come in. It's a way for us to come in. We can help you. We can get things moving. We've done, we had really good results here. You know, the, the local MMA spot, John, that John and I have been working with now, just in regards to the testimonial piece that John's talking about here, there is only two facilities of any kind in this area in the fitness fitness exercise group class martial arts that have more google reviews than this business this business has only been in for a year and a half and it has fewer members than almost all of those but we're about 
15 to 20 reviews away from having more reviews than every single place that's been in town for 20, 30 years. There you go. You know how much fucking money that's worth from an SEO standpoint? A lot, a lot. And for new people acquiring new members, that's how you pass the smell test. Don't be that schmuck that's got four or five reviews. No. I'm not calling you a schmuck for having it now. I'm going to tell you you're a schmuck if you don't have more than that after you've heard me say this. That's Go it. get on it. Put in the effort. Do not accept that. That's a race that you can win. Really is. All you got to do is hit the gas on that thing. Put a little effort to it. So we'll help you do it. We'll help you do it. We'll help you do that for free. Uh, what do we got? How do we, how do they set up that stuff? Link could be in the description. Go to our Instagram. That's also in our profile link there. It's always constantly dropping info and updates in the Facebook group, the Gym Owners Revolution. Judas a DM. Up, John? Yeah, Judas a DM and say, hey, I want help with my Google profile. I want help with this and we can get you moving because we're going to start to be able to grow these workshops that we can work one-on-one because we are finding, just as Tyler said, is this is not because we just love doing things for free. This is because in order for us to be able to really hit the ground running and do things for you in your business that you have been struggling with, stuck at the starting line with, been wanting to make movement on, you haven't been making movement on because right now you are adverse to action. You're adverse to doing. And there's lots of, I guarantee you have wonderful reasons for why this is the case. But because you are stuck at the starting line, we have to start with action. We have to be able to start with you being able to put one foot in front of the other. And this is how we get started. We start where we can dive in and take a look at your Instagram accounts and audit those things out and leave you with a fucking page full of notes that you can immediately start taking action on because you will see results. We had somebody just yesterday tell tell us that based off of the immediate feedback that we gave, he is 2X, he's doubled the amount of inquiries that he's gotten of just organic people reaching out saying, Hey, I'm interested just in, in just a week from having talked to him about a specific thing that he needed to tweak that we saw. And that simple change, because it isn't because we're fucking geniuses. It's because he put the time in to do the work. And anyone that's in this industry that tries to pretend like they're really fucking smart and they gatekeep a whole bunch of shit to try and act like they're the reasons why their clients' businesses are successful makes them fucking assholes. Yeah. You have to have clients that are willing to put in the work. And so this is why we are now adding another barrier to where it's, if you want to be able to work with us, you have to be willing to put in the work and it starts here at two really easy entry points, whether again, it's your Instagram accounts wanting to be able to get firmed up and have a proper strategy or start to really weaponize and utilize your Google, my business accounts to be able to really start driving those same leads. And I would say that almost instantly, from this free audit, from this free guidance that we're going to give you, you will probably be making enough money to pay for extra money to pay to join the Gear Academy anyways. So our thing with all of this is we want to work with gym owners who are you know, trying to turn their passion into a profession. This is how we do it. You're trying. Sometimes you got money. Some days you don't. This is a way. Let's get you leveled up to the point where now you can start to fold this thing in. So... Let's do it. Shoot us a message. Links and all our shit. Go to jimmortersrevolution.com. Follow the show at Jim Morris Podcast. Follow me at Tyler F. and Son on Instagram. And John? At jbanksfl on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.